Dear podcast, motherhood is so hard. Hi everyone, welcome back. Today we are going to talk about motherhood. What a mother! <laughs> Just like the title, mother. We're we're gonna get into all of the pieces again. I'm gonna talk from my experience, um, what I've gone through, and. Also, what I've learned, because the goal of these is to always share what I've learned and to just go through the motions, because, you know, somebody might also be going through it. So, welcome back, episode number three. I did write some notes for this one because I do not want to forget a thing, and I want to stay a little bit more organized. So, let's get into it. All right, I'm going to talk about all the ups, the downs, the pretty, ugly, all of it. Um, let's start off with I'm a mom. <laughs> that is wild to me still. And I want to talk about if I wanted to be a mom because I do think this ties into like the first part of motherhood and how hard it was for me. So rewind um did I ever want to be a mom and the answer is no and then yes if that makes sense so for example growing up I knew girls that you know wanted to be moms and they had that motherly energy if that makes sense like you just know when somebody talks about having kids or I can't wait to be a mom that never really happened to me and I had a very like free-spirited attitude like I never thought about like being like a a, a stay-at-home mom or a wife even like it was just very much I'll live my life and we'll see what happens and so fast forward to when I met my husband also I cannot believe we're going on 10 years of being together wow so it wasn't until I met him a couple years into the relationship once you know I started to see that we were serious and we've had convos I think it's important when you're dating if you're dating to marry if that's the end goal to always have those conversations of course not like in the first date but once you're getting serious to have the big conversations that include like finances goals um, kids and so that happened for us and my husband was like for sure I always see myself saw, saw myself with kids uh, so yes that's something I want okay cool and my point was it wasn't until I met him before we even had that conversation that I was thinking about kids like it was almost like when you find, as cheesy as it sounds, when you find the right person, it's almost like, okay, like this is it. And then the thought of having a family was just beautiful to me, like with him um, having our own kids and then, you know, doing adventures with our own kids. So that's kind of how that happened. So important. I was a no, not really to then like, yes. Okay. Um, what else? Let's see. A uh, baby. Let's, okay, so let's talk about him. Um, 
he was planned and we always kind of just wanted to have everything under control which surprise life is you can't do that (laughs) Um, but we did plan him and I want to talk about like the perfect or right time because I've learned that there's not such a thing like there for so for me being a diabetic I do have to plan these kinds of things a little bit so I talked to my doctor before I even got off birth control I you know to give you some timeline I got off birth control like I think it was like March the beginning of the year and then didn't even get pregnant until towards more the end of the year but it was you know let's get your glucose levels your if you're a diabetic you know what an a1c is uh for those of you that are not diabetics uh you're lucky just kidding (laughs) the a1c is like an average glucose number um that they take by blood and they measure you know how your diabetes is going or how it is or how controlled it is so i got my test done and i my doctor gave me the okay and then my husband and I, you know, we're like, okay, do we want to continue to try this year or do we wait? And it was a lot of back and forth of when is the right time. And we held off for a few months and then we just had a conversation like, what are we waiting for almost? Because it was like, well, where do we want to live or uh, do we want to move or maybe we still gotta do this and that there was one thing that I really wanted to do and that was finish college which I accomplished and I did but then there were other things right like then I was like wait but what if this so at some point it almost felt like there were just excuses and so we really were just like you know what like what are we waiting for um one big thing for myself that my doctor pointed out my doctor's a female because I feel like this is gonna sound like a man would have said it but she was like the younger you are (coughs) excuse me the younger you are the easier on your body and that kind of stuck with me because I was you know I'm only getting older and as a woman unfortunately we do have a biological clock okay so there was there's never a right time I think if you're going through this flip-flop kind of that we went through, I think you just really need to see if you have like your course, your your big foundation, your pillars. For example, you know, like jobs. We are good with our jobs. We have stable jobs. And then things like school. I knew school was going to be hard to go continue with a child so we had like the big things taken care of and at that point life will prepare you for the right time I think all right down the timeline um so we got pregnant and my pregnancy was so good I had an amazing pregnancy I loved being pregnant I actually the other day told my husband I miss being pregnant. I was looking through some pictures 
and I was just, I, I miss it. I loved it. I thankfully had an easy, I feel like, pregnancy. Like, I never really got morning sickness other than a couple of, oh, my phone, <laughs> other than a couple of times. But other than that, everything else was was pretty relaxed. I think I was also expecting the worst just because of everything I would read for like type 1 moms, type 1 diabetic moms. Um, the doctors, you know, they make it very clear like it's very, you know, serious that you maintain your sugars and blah, blah, blah. And, and so I think I was expecting for a much harder, worse pregnancy and it really wasn't like that for me. I I felt great probably 85% of the time. Um, my diabetes control was easy. I thought, you know, it was going to be hard. I thought in some cases they would give you like more medication and a lot of adjusting of insulin dosage. And we did adjust insulin dosage, but I didn't feel like it happened as often as I would think and at the beginning they even had to lower my dosage um, because apparently like hormones and whatnot also cause or affect insulin in your body and so like I was needing less insulin and so I just I felt pretty good and um, again like the doctor's appointments I think that was also helpful they were very easy and very positive um, a plus to being a diabetic mom, um, automatically you are considered a high risk and they do all these extra um, blood work and ultrasounds, which was amazing because this is my first pregnancy, so I have nothing to compare it to. But I had friends tell me they had like a couple pictures or a few pictures of ultrasounds and you guys, I have a little case full of them. I got so many ultrasounds um, because they check for certain things that happen with diabetic moms, like something in the heart. Uh, they said something in the brain and something in the spine. I really couldn't tell you all the details. So they were looking at those things pretty often, especially the heart. I know the heart was like a big one that they would check and like they even had a specialist look at it and whatnot and Everything, every ultrasound was just looking great, perfect. Um, like everything was just so well. And again, I felt so good. So everything was great there. And again, I had such a beautiful pregnancy and I felt so good. Like I, I felt, I think, more confident than I had ever felt in my life. And even now, after being a mom, I, there's something that happens to your confidence and we'll get into that. So pregnancy was great. Um, one thing that always made me nervous because they always, from the beginning, made it known that my delivery was going to be as controlled and as planned as possible. So induced labor, uh, they don't let you make it to the 40 weeks or not even 39 weeks. So I always just knew that I was gonna have like an induced labor and fast forward to like 30 some weeks baby is breached we had only 
a few weeks or even a couple weeks to try and make them flip or we were just going to plan for a c-section which that made me nervous and I tried everything I did I went to like get acupuncture uh swimming exercises like you named it crawling yes I was that woman crawling on my living room floor and he never flipped and so we did go ahead and just plan the c-section especially because we were also like against the clock again they won't they won't let me go to the 40 weeks so they go based off like the baby's size and as a diabetic mom the babies tend to be bigger just because of the glucose levels and so he was like we want to go maybe 38 weeks max and so we just ran out of time and we just couldn't flip them and so we went ahead planned the c-section and I was very nervous because you hear all these stories of how much harder it is than a natural birth so very nervous for that scared of course it's you know major surgery and you're not even put to sleep so scary all around but you know that was what was gonna happen and we obviously were just ready for it look especially myself I know I said the the pregnancy was beautiful and it was and I felt amazing but towards the end my back my hips everything just hurt and there was already no sleep going on okay so um I'll do a quick like birth story I don't want to make this episode like two hours long because trust me, I could. Or actually, I also want you guys to tell me if you enjoy like the shorter ones, like 40 minute episodes, or if you like those longer ones that are like an hour or so. Let me know. We have our Instagram page where you can comment, send us messages, dear underscore podcast on Instagram. Okay, so quick delivery story. Um, everything was planned. He, we scheduled the C-section for a Monday, July 11th. Doctor said be there at like 5 a.m. Great. And, um, baby actually came on a Sunday. So, it was Saturday, it hit midnight, so then it was Sunday, if that makes sense. And, so, water broke, I had no contractions, and we got our stuff and just headed to the hospital and so you get there and then they check to see if in fact your water had broken and I mean I knew I knew that it had um but they check you anyways and yep okay great and then you know they know what's going on and well it was scheduled for tomorrow but he's breached and blah 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 so they're like yeah we'll we'll get you ready for the c-section and we got there at like 1 a.m. And maybe half an hour later, a nurse walks in or an hour later. My time frame is all messed up. But point is, they were like, well, we have an emergency C-section that we got to do. So, you know, you don't really have contractions that are steady or back to back or whatever that is. So we are gonna do her first and then we'll come get you great I fell asleep Uh, my husband fell asleep and then I think it's around like 5 a.m we get woken up 
and they're like, all right, we're ready. So it was craziness all of a sudden. Um, and we walk into the operating room. I don't know for some reason why that is funny to me. Like, well, not funny, but almost amusing. Like you literally just walk into the operating room. You walk into the room where you're going to be cut open. Um, but anyways, yeah, we walked into the room. They prepare you. Oops, sorry. They prepare you. And that was like, that's, that's that. Like, it's so crazy because it happened so fast. The nurse woke us up at like 5 a.m. Baby was born around 5.30. And like, that's it. Like, it's so fast. And so the birth, I do have to talk about kind of like the birth experience, like him being out and like meeting him or seeing him for the first time. So C-section, they have your arms kind of out and out of the way. So it's not at least the hospital where I gave birth. It's not like you get to just like instantly hug them, and put them on your chest like you would a natural birth. And so... Uh, they took the baby and then they have nurses that are there for the baby and then they put him in that little crib thing and I could see him from my angle I could see like his little face as they were cleaning him up and um, and then my husband he gets up and goes over and you know he's looking at him and um, through it all so the anesthesiologist he is communicating with you and asking you how you're feeling because a lot of things can happen like the medicine drops your blood pressure which happened to me and that feels awful and then um, so he's there to just kind of inject all these medicines into your IV to make you feel good and stable and while all of that is happening I at that moment I was feeling pretty good because he had already done whatever he did to make me feel better. And so then my husband's over there with the baby and the nurses. And I do hear a couple of things like he's asking like what happened or what is that. And I didn't think anything of it because my husband is very much curious. And even at the ultrasounds, he would ask questions. Um, and so he just wants to know. And he was very involved in that way. And so I didn't think anything of him and the conversations with the nurses and, and, you know, he's a man. So I'm thinking he's probably asking like about the umbilical cord or, or something, you know, cause everything is just so wild. Um, but then at some moment before the nurses were like, are you ready for him? I started to feel sick again, but it wasn't like a blood pressure problem or even like a low glucose problem it was more like a panic feeling and so I'm voicing that to the anesthesiologist I'm like yeah I just I feel like I'm on the verge of a panic attack like like I just don't feel good and so he's like telling the nurses like one second let me let me make you feel good and then we'll get the baby and so he did some anti-medicine anti-anxiety medicine I don't know which kind who what when why how where nothing um because everything just happens so fast and by the time that he's done doing his little cocktail mix of medicine um and it works instantly because it's through the iv 
And then finally they're like, here's your baby. And so they, again, your arms are like out in a way. So you can't really like carry or hold them. But they put them really close to your face. Like you're face to face. I kissed him. And it was just like a, a crazy moment. So at this time, my husband already knew because he already saw him. But he hadn't told me. Everything he told me was you know I I had like this little panic attack episode and my husband was just telling me right beforehand before I started to feel this way like he was just beautiful he's here he's perfect I love you great and then um so he I think just didn't know or wasn't ready yet to just disclose of everything and so finally I get to see him and the way I remember it was almost so he's already wrapped in blankets and it was almost like they just unwrapped him to show specifically his hand. So in the last episode I talked about him having a limb difference and what that means is for him because there are so many ways and the things that a limb difference can be. So for him he was born without a right hand. And so he only has to like the elbow down or like just down to the elbow and that's it. And so that memory was almost like they just unwrapped him. And it was almost like the only thing I could see was that. And of course it was a shocker because none of the ultrasounds caught it. And every appointment was just, he's so good. Everything looks great. So, of course, we did not expect that. And, of course, it was a surprise. And I could say that there were a million feelings and emotions going through. But, honestly, I just don't know what I would have done without that anti-anxiety medication. Because I did have a little bit of a reaction. But it was very much like my husband was just looked at me before I could even, like, burst into tears and he was like it's okay like he's great we've we've got this and then it was almost like everything else was just numb and that could have also been the shock or again the drugs I couldn't tell you um and so fast forward to so actually the days at the hospital were pretty good they felt great I felt good, happy. I felt on cloud nine. You know, my baby was here. I had family in town. It just felt good. And fast forward to three days later, four days, I can't remember, you get sent home. When you are home, reality really sets in. So we're home. Uh, thank, Thankfully, my husband was able to take two weeks off work and um, he was with me and there were still hard days but that chunk was a pretty good chunk comparable to what was coming Um, and so we're first-time parents first of all so there's that component where we are learning how to even be parents what to do how to do things Uh, having a baby is a lot of work and there's a lot of questions that I didn't even realize I would have and so everything is just super new 
trying to work through it. Um, you are sleep deprived and you're tired. On top of that, you know, I was recovering from a C-section. Although I say it was very easy for me, I physically, I felt like my recovery was just easy and I felt very little pain. And so it, it was great in that way. So we're home and at this point I feel like this is where everything starts to hit. Let's get into the ugly parts that I went through or the not so pretty and the very hard stuff. So everything starts to hit. Um, When you're pregnant, talking from experience, at least for myself, you plan like the baby's room and what you're gonna buy is always with like your baby in mind and whatever you imagine and so when you're home and you come back with now your baby and so now you've met him I obviously did not imagine that we would have to deal with the challenges that were thrown at us because we were never prepared for that because we never knew So let me explain. We, for example, the little things like buying the clothes was such an exciting, happy moment for myself. And having to come home, it was very hard because, for example, he doesn't have a full hand, right? So obviously, the clothes aren't custom made and so you have that little detail but it's so in your face Um, I think one of the first things that really got me was um, you know when they're babies you do like those gloves so that they're not scratching their face and whatnot and so it was again the smallest details I I go to grab a little glove And just the thought that I didn't need two gloves broke me. So like the little mittens broke me. And I think that's where kind of everything started to roll in as far as like reality. And that was what we were going to have to deal with and work through. Now, he's six months now and I can say how I wish I could have told myself that is not a big deal. Like the little mittens is not a big deal. But let me tell you, you, there's nothing anyone could tell you that will make the situation lighter or even make you feel better, to be honest. So if I could say something to myself would be write it out, like cry it out, write it out, work it out. Whatever it is, you'll get through it, but you do have to ride those emotions because, again, you can't, there's nothing you can say that's going to make the situation feel better. And you just have to get through the emotions, and as cheesy as it sounds, time really does heal. And so that happened for me in a few different ways you know, buying him, like, the toys that he already had, um, especially because I've never met anyone with a limb difference. I've never um, even seen anyone with a limb difference and yet alone knew how to even help him, support him. 
um, in the best way possible. And so on top of that, I knew I had to teach myself or get educated, get some knowledge on what it meant for us as a family and for him. And so that was very hard and it was very overwhelming because you feel like you knew your life was going to change just by simply having a baby. But there's kind of a norm piece to that, right? Everybody has a baby and everybody gets through it. It's different when you have a baby that has a limb difference or something's going on that could potentially affect their their life. So a couple things like that happened where I would have these breakdown moments, you know, like the little mittens or putting on a little onesie or having to roll up the little sleeve, things like that. So those little things were catching up. And again, it's the little things that just kind of made me question everything. Like, how are we going to do this? Uh, More so like for him, like that's the next part I want to talk about motherhood. You obviously know you're going to love your children, but let me tell you something. I was not prepared for how strong and how much you love your children. And so what I mean by that is the best way I can explain it is your heart is literally out in the world and you're so like vulnerable and connected to those children is how I see it that it's almost like whatever they feel you feel and I understood now that saying what what how does it go like you're only as happy as your saddest child I only have one right now but I could tell you just me imagining maybe some of the challenges he was gonna come across broke me almost like it was happening to me and in a way I do consider like it was happening to me because again I felt like you know he he has my heart like he's out in the world like my heart is out not walking yet but my heart will be out walking in the world and that was very hard for us for well for me I'm only talking from my experience I'm you know sure my husband has his side and what he went through but so as a mom was not prepared for that that strong emotional connection like you know it's gonna happen but you just don't know what to expect and I want to throw this in here because this is where I feel like that snowball started to happen we had an appointment uh, down in the city with an orthopedics place doctor whatever and it was so they could just take a look at the x-ray and I thought would be to educate us a little bit on the situation maybe get some answers I don't know something like that um baby was not even two weeks old it was very like we got out of the hospital and I think in like three days four days we had this appointment after leaving the hospital um so we go down to the city I'm actually looking forward to the appointment because aside from the limb difference, all of his tests came back normal and healthy. So I'm already like, that's a win. And so my personality is I got to know the reasoning and I just got to know how things work. I, I don't know why, but I just can't rest until I have what like point A to point B. That's how that works. And there's some sort of closure. 
We go to the appointment to make it short and sweet. The doctor was nice, um, but I got zero educational knowledge that I was hoping to get. I got no answers other than it's a fluke. It happens, or we just don't know why. But he's a miracle. Great. At that time, I would say, like, not good enough. Um, I had to dig deeper and ask more questions to... They don't really know why it happens other than, at least for him and his um, experience, his situation is just something in the blood flow at very early in pregnancy. Like, I think she said five weeks of pregnancy. Um, the body starts to create all these blood vessels and something blocked the blood vessels to his right hand, which then made him not be able to develop the rest of his hand. That was the one explanation I got and then we just don't know what blocks the blood flow or how, why, and it's a fluke. So, um, to the, to the icing, the cherry on top of this appointment is that was about five minutes of the appointment of me getting some sort of, I guess, answer and... The rest of the appointment, I think it was like a 30 to 40 minute appointment. Let me remind you, he's not even two weeks old. I am very fragile. I am just mentally, I'm, well, and also physically, but mostly mentally. I'm just very fragile and I'm going through it. And tell me why this doctor, after explaining the blood flow and the fluke, she goes on to say, and this was her main focus how kids get bullied but we have the advantage because we know what my kid will be bullied for yes a professional healthcare provider literally gave me a lecture about bullies and how we were going to deal with that and it was just going to happen and as a mom whether your kid has a difference that you can physically see, you, I mean, you just never want your kid to get bullied. And I knew eventually, you know, like bullies are everywhere and I've been bullied myself. Um, one thing too, that she said that like, she just started off very like on the wrong foot with me because she, here we are, you know, talking about physical stuff, like your physical appearance and how unfortunately kids are mean. And she goes and decides to point out my husband and myself's physical appearance and makes the assumption that you folks never really had to deal with bullying because you're good-looking people. Those were her exact words. That's how she started off the bullying conversation. And right off the bat, I'm like, no, 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 don't like that. And how hard it's going to be and how we have to raise a strong confident little boy to handle the bullies now let me tell you something whether he had a physical difference my kid I've strived to have my kids raised with confidence and kindness always and so maybe we should talk about bullies in the sense of parents let's do better and teach our kids because I don't believe anyone is born a bully I believe you know, we learn from our environments, from what we see, and we just need to teach. 
Okay, that was my little rant moment because to this day, I cannot believe a healthcare professional talked to me about that. And of course, I'm a mess. I broke down because I hadn't thought that far. I hadn't thought that far into my kid possibly coming home one day from school or wherever and crying to me because he got bullied of something that you can't change, you know? Okay, so that appointment was awful and we well I just we went home and I was just I think done I was like wow like I don't think I have anything left in me and I don't know how else to like stay strong and continue in a healthy way where I am providing for my child and because, you know, you, you hear that you can't pour from an empty cup. At this point, I don't even feel like there was a cup, you know. Okay, so back to we're home. We're going through the motions. And, you know, my husband and I are doing things and meeting with, like, my therapist. And we're just, we're working through it and we're doing things to help the matter. And, like, really get get ourselves strong. Back to a more lighter part of motherhood the pretty side of motherhood I also want to talk about how amazing it was number one you you're bringing a life to earth you know that is pretty amazing yourself but for me it was also watching my husband become a dad like that was such a beautiful experience that I did not think I would love and enjoy as much as I did. I mean, this man stepped up in a way I could not even express or explain even. Like, I'm even just having a hard time finding words to just say how amazing he was. Super attentive, super helpful, and for myself physically mentally I mean it was incredible and then just watching him bond with the baby was next level if you guys are parents and you had the same experience I'm sure you understand that deep emotional feeling of just how beautiful it is and that was one of the biggest things that I think helped me or that was like the the strength that was what was filling my cup and you know this place in life where it was very dark for me just because it was so beautiful also watching your baby grow too I mean from a newborn stage they're they're just kind of there but I'm talking about watching the little like faces that they start to make um the little body scrunch I mean all of that stuff is just so beautiful and I'm glad I have pictures and video to look back on some of those times because it's almost like you're on survival mode and a lot of that is hazy for me it's all kind of foggy and I was dealing with a lot of other stuff that I feel like took over that nice nostalgic moment and I think even you know for new moms in general you are surviving and trying to figure it out that 
you're you're just you're forgetting to pause and enjoy those little precious times that you later realize like wait I don't remember a lot of it at least that's kind of what happened to myself I was just you know like where did the time go and when did he get so big and how are we not in that newborn stage still okay um mom guilt this one's a big one I I knew about mom guilt I know it happens no matter how perfect you are and so mom guilt I think hit me hard in the sense that I didn't realize I could feel guilt for a lot of things that I felt and they're small ones too for example um the feeling that you're not doing enough although you're non-stop being a mom from the moment you I mean you're always a mom but working very hard for your baby for yourself the household making sure you have food cleaning whatever it is you are doing a lot and you are very much working hard and I was shocked to feel the guilt of I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing well enough and I think that was a big one for me because as a perfectionist personality I really did feel like sometimes I was just not doing things well enough there weren't good enough for my baby you know like my own standards were too high for myself also knowing um that having time for yourself was important and it's good remember you you can't fill from an empty cup I would have guilt to even take an hour or half an hour for myself and baby's with dad so he is with like the best person he could possibly be with and I can have an hour to myself, whether that's to watch a show, go take a walk, go to the store. Although I knew it was good for me, I had so much guilt while doing it. I just felt like I was abandoning my baby, which sounds so silly. And I still have some of that. And it is getting better because then you realize like they're okay and it's fine. Like everything works out and, and we're okay. Uh, the next one, not knowing what he cries. This was especially like at the very beginning. I feel like as they grow, you start to, it gets easier knowing kind of what they want or what they're crying for. Or, and you just, you know, you, you learn them a little bit more. But when they're newborns, um, I had a hard time with this one because it was, oh, I had his knees coming in. Um, I could not figure out sometimes like what was going on. You know, if it's like, are you hungry? Are you sleepy? Are you in pain? I think that one too. If you don't know if your baby is in pain, right? Like when, when do you know that something is hurting them or how do you fix that? Or so I had a lot of guilt if I couldn't make him feel better that it was because of of me that they were crying and they were not okay because he's just trying to communicate but I'm not understanding so that one was a big one and then to tie in with the guilt of not doing well enough some days 
I just, I really only had like, if anything, half of myself to give, especially when my husband went back to work. Um, I was fortunate enough to take a good four months off of work and I could just focus on the baby and the household and myself and trying to make myself be better and feel better and a lot of the times you know I, I did most of it by myself and my parents don't live here and so families just was very limited it was hard because I had to really figure it figure it all out and then I didn't have a lot to give and that would make me feel bad I would have so much guilt that I that my baby wasn't getting the best of me and that that somehow was going to affect them in the long run or I was doing him a wrong by not always being okay and that's unrealistic we're not always going to be okay and I think as long as we are aware that we're not always going to be okay and if that means that today the house is going to look like shit because it is what it is I'd rather do that now than push myself through like the cleaning and then eventually just become more tired and more miserable so that's the thing a good piece that I've learned and that I could even give advice on is allow yourself especially for us the control freaks and perfectionists allow yourself the mess allow it to be messy the cleaning will never stop the mess will never stop like just Pick and choose the days to where you want a very organized household. And when you can't get that, focus on the things that you're doing. Like I, for example, the playroom is a mess. And instead of looking at all the things that are scattered on the floor and the baskets are not where they're supposed to be, I now look at it as we had so much fun playing that all the toys are on the ground or my baby was so excited for this toy and that's why it's out of place and I try to do the same thing with the living room and the kitchen like the kitchen's a mess because we made yummy food and we got to sit together and eat so a lot of that stuff is what I'm currently working on and I would highly recommend for anybody that likes to have a neat house embrace the mess really because that will give you so much more peace of mind I know it has for me and I stress less about what the house looks like and that's that you know people are living in the house so there's gonna be things that are gonna be moved around and that's that like you can't control every room in the house 24 7 um okay the next chunk here I feel like this is going to be one of those long episodes, but there's just so much to motherhood. You know, again, the ugly, the pretty, and the hard. And this next one's kind of a hard one. I even debated on speaking on because it's... So, let's get into it. Postpartum depression is very much real, and it happens to a lot of us. And I, to this day, can say that I I did go through some of it, and I don't want to say like I'm justifying it because every person that goes <clears throat> through it, it's justifiable. You know, your body is going through so much. And so on top of your body going through so much, I also had that new challenge of and new fears really and 
a lot of unknowns and that was the heaviest thing I think and I like to think and tell myself if we didn't have that part of that challenge to deal with in that newborn stage and that new well the new stage of being a parent it would have been perfect and amazing I can say that because I have a comparison you know but maybe I maybe it wouldn't have been all perfect and I would have felt 100% myself maybe even with him having two full hands I was still maybe going to go through postpartum depression I don't know you know and so I debated on even talking about it because of that reason I I like to think and tell myself that well if I didn't have to deal with x y and z life would be just pure bliss and perfection right now but again you just you don't know everything is so hard and it wasn't just that that was hard you know it's trying to figure out how to take care of another life so for this um I think a lot of what I was struggling with I think was a good grief portion and I learned that even like when you become a mom and your baby's completely quote-unquote normal uh, you still go through a grieving portion or grieving stage because you are grieving your old life I do feel like I had a little bit of this but honestly not so much and I went into this pregnancy knowing that life was never going to be the same and I hear a lot like you lose yourself or you just want to go back to yourself but it's like how am I going to go back to myself without baby and now I have one like you are your new self so I think I prepared myself that way where this one didn't hit us hard but I was definitely going through a grieving stage because of my son's limb difference because I never imagined this we weren't prepared for it and it was all at once just a wave of figure it out and this is your your new life I have mentioned in the past to like finishing college and my degree and my degree is in psychology and so a lot of like mental health is top priority in my lifestyle and I knew some of the signs within myself where I knew I wasn't okay and I've had a therapist I've worked with for a long time because of other stuff which I do want to do a mental health episode where we kind of dissect that a little bit but um, I'm so glad I have her and I worked with her through this situation I I knew to reach out whether that's with her and or my husband and just really talk to people you know like I called my dad one time and my husband and also knowing how hard and heavy it was for him and how sometimes you need to dump on other people but to tie it in with you know feeling the postpartum depression and stuff I also had, you know, my team of doctors and they're also keeping an eye on it, you know, offering medication. I do want to say that whatever your treatment plan is, just make sure you have one, whatever works for you. If you are feeling not yourself and it's like everything just feels heavy, 
try little things first like just reach out and talk to somebody and you know always just be aware and connect with your body and ask yourself um you know how you really feel and where you are at and what needs to happen for you to feel you know whatever your normal is or whatever you're feeling good is and so working with you know obviously my therapist my team of doctors I will share I never took any antidepressants I was very close to but I I got through some of my hard stuff and just you know talking to my therapist and looking at all my options we tried other things first that I think worked I started to you know see the light at the end of the tunnel where I described it as I never even saw a tunnel to begin with so the light at the end of the tunnel started to happen for me I started to have better days I started to feel better and little by little I I did that and I was just always checking in with myself if why do I feel this way or do I need to do something is it time for me to schedule another session and doing that is very important and so I encourage anyone that's going through something hard or you know it's not good and it's not healthy to keep it all in I understand for uh, for some people talking about emotions is weird and uncomfortable so maybe write them write them so they're out they're out of your body uh work out that's also a good way to kind of just put your emotions like in a physical form and get it all out so yeah that was kind of like a good chunk of the first four four or five months um I think again he's six months and I think that we are finally in a place where I feel strong again and the biggest motivator is him you know if I'm not strong for him how am I going to lead by example and show him the way of life and show him you know his confidence and and guide him through some of the hard stuff how am I going to do that if I'm not there myself so that was very important for me to take care of myself and figure it out and that's that's what I did I know some of it sounds like easy peasy oh we'll just figure it out and work on it and you'll feel better it's not because you don't feel like working at it and you don't feel like doing anything to make yourself feel better you kind of just want to feel better but that's just not how it works um so highly encouraged just to do even the smallest thing ever like I know for me some days was just to get chocolate covered strawberries and that little thing made me feel good and so we did that and other days it was like a whole trip and picnic day and other days was just a nice uninterrupted shower um or I know very early on I went on the dirt bike and my doctor thought I was crazy for asking so soon if I could do that because you're very limited on what you can do when you have a c-section and I think he approved just because he knew like I just needed to do something um but 
always reach out and you know yourself better than anyone. Don't keep anything in. It's not going to do you good. It's not going to feel good in the long run. And emotions are uncomfortable, but you got to get uncomfy sometimes. So yeah, that's that's kind of like the main thing of motherhood is hard is my point there's so much beauty in it like now that he's six months he is doing so much and I mean right off the bat even like when we were at the hospital the nurses were just like this little kid already has a personality like he is just just ready hit the floor running and he is he means business and he really does he's got a fiery personality um he knows what he wants. It's been great. And I think really the thing that's helped me the most is watching him do every single thing you could expect a six-month-old to do without any challenges or differences, really, or complications. And it's been amazing. I mean, with one full hand and one small hand, he's been able to like hold a bottle and if he's got to grab things you know he figures out how to grab things with two hands and it's his own way he is teaching me how he's gonna do it and because I have seen zero challenges for him so far I have felt nothing but just I'm so proud that he can already just do things and he has taught me that it doesn't matter how things get done as long as you get them done and that's what you want to do that's all that matters and again health if you don't have health what do we have so those have been some of the pretty stuff just seeing him grow and do things that he's such a happy baby oh I wish you guys could just see how crazy and happy he is and adventurous and silly and I do post a little bit on my personal page, uh, just Jess underscore G, if you want to get a little glimpse of that. But yeah, he's been wonderful. And again, this journey is a wild, crazy one. But I, I mean, I honestly would not change it a bit because, because of everything that we have gone through and the things that we're going to have to deal with. It's created and made a stronger family, I think. And that's all I ever wanted. So, okay, to close this up, because we are about an hour in this topic. Again, let me know if you like longer episodes. But close this up. Let's talk about a little bit of what I've learned. Also, before leaving, I do want to talk about our diary entry. And we'll get to that. But, okay. What I've learned is I can't control everything, unfortunately, (laughs) but God does really have a plan and my job is to not understand it. I, I think if I put my energy elsewhere, I'll live happier, uh, but my job is not to understand it, but rather to embrace it because at the end of the day, it's okay everything's okay and everything turns out how it needs to you know I'm so lucky to be his mommy and I have really found a a new value to life and as cheesy as it sounds like having a kid really changes your life but he really changed 
what life means and what really matters in life. So the value of life is completely shifted for myself and I know what really matters and I know what I really want to live by and that's all thanks to you know becoming a mom and having this new purpose and yeah so let's collect our thoughts let's organize everything let's brief a little bit so motherhood is hard but it it is really worth it it teaches or at least it taught me how to live more in the present and enjoy really even the smallest things like a little giggle I would not even believe that a giggle would have made me cry and it did like his first giggle made me cry and so there's little things like that that are new in life and they just come with motherhood I didn't know how hard you can actually feel and love your child and it's been a great experience a scary one but also great and motherhood or the hardness of motherhood really never stops here um, because you're always going to be their mom and there are always going to be challenges whether that's in school whether they get bullied or not um, whatever it is you know we are we're here really to mentor them and help them become whatever they want to become and be the best they can be the most important thing especially for you mamas is to always reach out ask for help I talk a little bit on the last episode on how social media helped me connect with moms that were dealing with the same things with having kids with limb differences and how hard that is and you know some of the things that I expressed myself as well like no one can tell you anything really that's going to make you feel better and you hear it a lot like you were chosen because you are the strongest soldier out there and blah 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 and now yeah those are very nice things to say but I did not request to be on God's toughest soldier list so that was a hard one for me to hear because it would always just happen from multiple people you know you are so strong and only you could you know do this and he is so lucky to have been sent to you because you are you are special and you can do that and so it was nice to hear other moms have the same reaction as like no don't talk to me about that and don't tell me how strong you think I am (laughs) and so reach out because you may feel lonely with your thoughts and guess what somebody may be thinking the exact same thoughts and having the exact same reactions and Again, having one person connect with you and relate makes the world of a difference, makes you feel less lonely. I know it has for me. And so moms, reach out. Um, Don't feel embarrassed or, or dumb because we're all shy and embarrassed to reach out and even feel like we're gonna be judged. But I have had conversations and connections with other moms and they very much offer help and you know, they're there for you. And a lot of the times we just don't get it because we're not reaching out and we're not asking. And I'm sure if you ask, that other mom will feel nothing but pure joy and happiness that you're reaching out and asking for help because guess what? They know how hard it is and what you've been through. So 
reach out. I'm also available through my socials on Instagram. You can reach out. You can reach out to the podcast. And let's chat and let's just, you know, help each other out. Um, okay, so motherhood is hard. There are very beautiful things. And I am excited to move forward and start to express how much happiness I've gained and how much I've learned and kind of leave the hard dark times behind because we are moving forward and the baby is only getting bigger smarter cuter and just so much fun to be around and that's really what I I just want um so let's move on to the last step here I the last episode I talked about setting up an anonymous way where we can submit a diary entry kind of like what you would write to your diary at the end of the day or have a place where you can share something personal maybe and we did get one and I want to talk about this one too since we're in the topic of children and uh, family and so again they're anonymous so I have no idea who they're from but we got this entry and I want to share it It says, I hate my husband's family. They are so rude and disrespectful to me and my husband and our child. They involve themselves in a negative way always. They've left my child out from the other kids and my husband does nothing. I stay away from them, but that doesn't stop them from causing harm. Ties in a little bit to also my last episode where I talked about a family friend making some comments of, you know, saying how this was a lesson like my my baby having a limb difference was a lesson for me and this was God's way of teaching me how not to be so and so and I unfortunately had to take that experience for me to really just I guess be much more aware and private of how I'm gonna do things with my child and who they're gonna be around so if you're listening on this episode Really what I can say is I know it's hard because you want family around your kid and you want them to grow up with cousins and, you know, grandpas, grandmas. But sometimes that does more harm if it's not a good environment for them than to not have them. So protect and I'm glad that you do stay away from that energy so always protect your babies um i know right now we can control who they are around with i know eventually we won't but control who are around your babies and it's sad because it is family but then the second part to that too is have i don't know if you have but have a conversation with your husband where at the end of the day both of you are a team and it's hard when you have families that maybe don't get along I can't relate because both sides of like my family and my husband's we all get along and we all love each other and it's been amazing but I do think that you know your husband not doing anything about it without really having much detail like what could he do about it like for example if like my husband's family was like insulting me or you know being mean to my kid I would expect my husband to stand up 
for his family and defend. And so if maybe that's what you're looking from your husband to do, maybe have that conversation with him and express how you don't feel supported, you don't feel taken care of. And, you know, as the, the father and your husband, he needs to maybe, you know, do that, especially if you feel like they're taking their side because this is I think controversial too at the end of the day like when you marry someone you decide to be on their team and to support them a hundred percent at that point yeah you're gonna care what your parents say but at the end of the day you married your wife and not your mother and so your family that you are now building I think should come first especially if it's harming the well-being of yourself and your kid so I know it's hard because they're family and again we want them to be around family but sometimes having that distance can be better than having your child be in an environment where it's not fun and it's not doing them any good so hang in there and I hope your husband is on board and you start to feel protected by him and you like you have someone that backs you backs you up so there's that I really enjoy you guys sending those uh, diary entries this episode is really long already but we will continue I'm gonna figure out if I can post it in a way where it just stays up and you guys can follow the link and post your diary entry and we can talk about it start a conversation and we'll see how it goes and if we like doing that in the podcast then we will continue all right to close it up I do want to do a motivational quote of the day Um, if you're new here I have a jar of little stars paper stars they're folded into stars and there's a quote inside so we are going to go ahead and read our quote of the day perfect timing because the baby woke up I can never open these stars. Okay, here we go. Today's quote of the day. It is never too late to be what you might have been. This is by George Eliot. There you go. Follow your dreams, people. Follow your dreams. All right. I am going to go get the baby. Thank you a thousand times for listening, especially if you have been listening since episode number one. I cannot believe this is number three. It feels like I just started it, but at the same time, going by super fast. I I hope you guys are enjoying. I know I have a lot of fun talking about my experiences, and I hope it reaches out in a way where you feel less lonely, you feel heard, and you feel connected and let's do life together doesn't not have to be alone and that's it for today's episode we will see you in the next one bye